Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Luke, chapter 15, and we'll be reading from about verse 11. To 32, and we'll be reading a very familiar scripture and also scripture that Steve um, preached on this morning about the lost son or the prodigal son or whatever name you may call him, the backslider. You know, we, like, <laughs> we like giving names, whatever you may call him, in uh, Luke chapter 15, from roundabout verse 11. Just bear with me, I'm reading from the King James Version. Bear with me, we have a few verses to get through. And let's see what God would speak to us from these verses. And the Bible reads, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the young of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together, And took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, And had compassion, and ran, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come. And thy father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry. And would not go in, therefore go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answered, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, 
and all that I have is thine. It is what it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this afternoon. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to come into your presence. And now, Father, Lord God, as we come into this important time of sharing in the word, we ask, Lord God, every spirit that is not of you, Lord God, we bind it right now. In the name of Jesus, we cast out every spirit, Lord God, that is not of you. But, Father, we invite your Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, speak to us in a way that only you can. Father, send your anointing that makes preaching easy. Lord God, that we may learn of thee. Have your way, Lord God, as we look to you. In Jesus' name. And the church said? Amen. Amen. The Lord speaks to us from the subject, perspective of the Father this afternoon. Perspective of the Father. We find here in in, uh, Luke chapter 15 how Jesus came to be sharing these parables with the people around him. In Luke 15, verse 1, the Bible says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisee and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. So God wanted to address the state of the scribes and the Pharisees' heart. And he began to unpack to them and reveal himself to to them through these parables. And as we jump down to verse 11, he begins to tell them a story about the man who, the father who had two sons. And as he begins to relate this story, he begins to give them a picture about the kingdom of God and about his church. He said, and as he begins to break down this story, he says, well, understand that in my church and in my kingdom, there are two kinds of people. He says there are two kinds of people and three characters. There's the father, there's the son, and there's the brother. And he begins to unpack to them the story about how the characters in his kingdom and how their story plays out. And there are three things that I would like to bring this afternoon about this story. The three things that I would like us to look at tonight is entitlement. Somebody say entitlement. The second thing is position. Somebody say position. And number three is service. Somebody say service. And so we find that the son was quite clued up on what he was entitled to from the father. He came to the father and he said, Father, I want the portion of the goods that fall to me. The Bible says that when God ascended into heaven... He gave, he held captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. 
And so somehow the one son had grasped this revelation that when you come to Jesus, when you give your life to Jesus, there are some entitlements. Hallelujah. When you give your life to Jesus, there are some blessings that come with giving your life to Jesus. And so he said, Father, I understand that you have called me. I understand that you have saved me, but I also know that I'm entitled to some stuff. Touch a neighbor says I'm entitled to some stuff. Oh, hallelujah. Your demba didn't hear you. Hallelujah. You need to speak like you know that you're entitled to some stuff. And so the Bible says that he said to his father, well, father, I want a portion of the goods that fall to me there, that I'm entitled to. And the father says, no problem, my son. Here it is. And the Bible says that he divided his, his wealth, his portions between his two sons. And the Bible says that within a short period of time, the, his young son made ready and he was about to take his journey into to the world. Brothers and sisters, I come to let you know this morning that you need to have your entitlement placed in the right kingdom. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he took his inheritance and he took his journey into a far country. The Bible says that as he went into this far country, he took all the blessings that God had given him. He took all the blessings that his father had given him. He took all the revelation of who Jesus is and he translated that from the kingdom of his father into the kingdom the bible says of a far country in a strange land you need to understand that as much as God has blessed you, you need to know where to put your blessing. You need to know that you can't take the blessings that God has given you and remove them out of his kingdom and put them into the kingdom of the enemy. You need to understand that when God blesses you and when God lifts you up, hallelujah, you need to stay in God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Because sometimes we come to God for different reasons. Some of you met God when you were on your sick bed and you said, God, if you would just heal me, I will give my life to you. Some of you met God at a point of a broken relationship and you said, God, if you would mend this hurt, I will give my life to you. Some of you may have met God at a point of brokenness when you said, God, if you could just deliver me from this financial trouble I pray I promise you God I will stay with you for the rest of my life I don't know at what point that you met Jesus but whatever promise and whatever thing he delivered you from God is saying remember where I had brought you from the Bible says that when he was bringing out the children of Israel from Egypt he told them to create a memorial hallelujah he said that when I bring you out don't 
don't forget where you are coming from. Don't forget what I have delivered you from. But the Bible says that he took this thing that God had delivered him from. He took the liberty that God had given him. He took the grace that the God had given him. And he moved himself from the kingdom of his father and put himself in the kingdom of the enemy. Hallelujah. Now that God has delivered you, you don't even show up to church on time. Now that God has saved you, now that God has mended your heart and connected your financial troubles, now that he's given you peace of heart, hallelujah, your commitment to him has wavered. I wish I was preaching to somebody this afternoon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He took his entitlement. He took the grace of God. He took everything, all the benefits that God has given him. And he says, well, God, now that I'm okay, I think I can take over from here. Hallelujah. You remember how you used to pray before God delivered you. You remember how you used to show up for prayer meeting when God delivered you. You remember how you used to go on the streets when God saved you. You You remember all the promises that you made to God and say, God, if you just make this right, I will commit to you. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says that he took all those things and moved from the kingdom of God and says, God, I can do this myself. And he translated himself and moved himself, the Bible says, into a far country. All of a sudden, hallelujah, you don't want to be as committed as you were before. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, you're saying, well, it's okay. I can get by without being prayerful like I was before. Since now God has delivered me, I can get by without being in the word like I used to be in the word because everything is all right now I have my inheritance I have my peace from God I can do this myself but the Bible says that the enemy goes around, hallelujah, seeking whom he may devour. And before long, the Bible says that the enemy got to him. All his standards in God had dropped. He was not as prayerful. He was not as commitment, as committed. Holiness, his standard of holiness had dropped. And the Bible says he began to live a riotous life. He began to live any way he felt like he began to do his own thing he invented his own doctrine and said well I'm under the blood it's okay for me to do this hallelujah he began to push the boundaries further and further brothers and sisters when you get away from the standard of God you are in danger of pushing the boundaries When you get away from the standard of the Bible, hallelujah, you are walking on shaky ground. You need to maintain a standard of holiness. You need to say holiness unto the Lord. The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see God. You need to raise the standard of holiness again in your life. If you truly want to see the glory of God in your life, you need to raise the standard of holiness but the bible says he moved himself to a place hallelujah far enough from the church that nobody could see him 
Oh, you ain't hearing me. Hallelujah. You ain't hearing me this afternoon. See, nobody could see him. The pastor couldn't see him. Hallelujah. Elder Steve couldn't see him. Lily wasn't there to keep an eye on her. Hallelujah. He moved himself far enough. Hallelujah. There was no King's Church members around. And so he could do his own thing. Hallelujah. He was in Ignite, but he moved away. Now Aruna couldn't see him. Aruna couldn't see her. Hallelujah. And so he started doing his own thing. He moved himself into a strange country. He moved himself into a different place. But the Bible said, hallelujah, the enemy came, hallelujah, and began to work on his heart. And soon his heart became corrupted. And soon his heart, hallelujah, was covered over with dust. And the Bible says that he spent all he had. You need to understand that sometimes when we're in the church, we remain under the covering under the grace of the church we remain under the covering and under the grace of our elders and under the grace of our pastors you see when our brothers and sisters are encouraging us to say keep in the in, in fellowship keep staying in church come to the meetings they're keeping you under the covering hallelujah of god Hallelujah. So don't take that covering for granted, brothers and sisters. He was no longer under that covering. And so there was nobody to encourage him. And the Bible says that he wasted all he has. His grace had run out. The little word that he had had run out. He forgot the word. He forgot the standard of holiness. He forgot, hallelujah, what God had called him to. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that was a great famine in the land. <clears throat> I don't know where you are this afternoon, huh? but you might find yourself in the time of famine. Maybe you found yourself in a place where you just don't know where to turn. You don't know what direction to go in. But the Bible says that he found himself in the famine and he said to himself, well, let me join myself to a citizen of this country. Maybe let me try out the world. Let me find my place in the world. Hallelujah. I've experienced all that church stuff. I've experienced all that God stuff. But my grace has run out. I don't know if God even wants to see me anymore. I don't know if God even loves me anymore. So you know what? I'm going to join myself to the sit to a citizen of this country and just live like the world. I'll just get me a regular job. Hallelujah. And live according to my own righteous standards. I'll create my own standard of righteousness and just do my own thing. So the Bible says he joined himself to a citizen. I don't know what standard you've joined yourself to uh, this afternoon, but I come to remind you, uh, you need to get back to the standard of God. I don't know what laws you've decided to live under and whether you've created your own laws and regulations that you're going to live by. But I come to remind you this afternoon uh, that there is no other way but through Jesus Christ uh, and his word. You need to get back 
to his word. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he found himself unhungered. He got a, a, a job with one of the citizens and the job that he had was to go in the field and feed the swines. And as he looked and as he began to feed the swines, the Bible says that he looked at even the food that the swines were eating and he said to himself, Oh, if only I could even have some of the swine's food. Hallelujah. That's how bad he had fallen. How when you fall down to the standard of the enemy, the enemy will make you crave the pig's food. Hallelujah. You're in hearing me. Some of the things that you'll be caught up in, it's not because of God. It's because of your disobedience. Can I preach it like it is this afternoon? Hallelujah. Some of the things that you find yourself desiring it's not because God hates you or life is against you the truth is it's because of your disobedience hallelujah and so the bible says when we understand the spirit that was upon the young son he had a spirit of entitlement and so the bible says that when he looked at the swine the bible says that he desired their food, but no one gave to him. And he would fain, verse 16, have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Notice the spirit that is on, the young, on, on this young man. He still had a mentality and a spirit of entitlement. He wanted other men to give to him. And sometimes we're in the church with a spirit of entitlement. I'm not going to take part unless they ask me. Oh, I'm going to get in a bit of trouble here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I preach it like it is? Sometimes we're in the church and we're saying, well, I won't take part unless they beg me. Nobody has checked up on me. Nobody has called to see how I'm doing. Well, I'm not going to show up. I signed up for the life group, but I'm not going to show up because my life group leader didn't follow me up. You ain't hearing me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to come unless they call me. But there comes a time where you have to be a mature believer. There comes a time when you need to come off the milk and get onto some meat. There comes a time where you need to become responsible. Hallelujah. You need to come to yourself. Hallelujah. And come, come away from the spirit of entitlement and say, God, use me. God, what is the right thing to do? God, help me. He had a spirit of entitlement on him. But then the Bible says, hallelujah, that he came. He said to himself and he came to his senses. And he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough? And to spare. And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him. I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. 
Make me of one of, like one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. I want to show you something here. Can I have uh, the iPad? Is there somebody with a Samsung phone here? Samsung, Android phone? So, sister, stand up for me. So, Joe, stand up for me. Sister Melanie, my dear wife, help me preach. Go on, stand up. See? Obedient wife, huh? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that he came to his senses. But the Bible also tells us that there's no man or woman who comes to God unless God has called them. In other words, there is a DNA. Now this iPad, this is my wife's iPad and she has an iPhone. These two devices have the same DNA. Hold up your phone, baby. These two devices have the same DNA. So when God created you, the Bible says, I knew you before you came out of your mother's womb. He says, I created you. I had a plan for you. In other words, I put my DNA on you. But the android... The Samsungs. Lord help those Samsungs. Hallelujah. The DNA of the iPhone, the iPad, and the Samsung are very different. The DNA of Samsung is called Android. The DNA of Apple is called iOS. So, The DNA of the iPhone and the iPad are joined together. The Bible says that when he created you, he he put his DNA in you. And so the Bible says there is a feature. No, the Bible says didn't say the feature. But there's a feature. Oh, hallelujah. Don't go, don't, don't tell Pastor Phil I was preaching some funny doctrine here. Don't report me to Pastor Phil. Now, so there is a feature on these devices. When you link them and sync them. If I tried it with my phone, it won't work. Even though my phone is an iPhone and it also runs iOS, it won't work. Because it's not synced to this iPad. See, when you came to Jesus and said, Lord, I give my life to you. You were synced to Jesus. In other words, the iPad and the iPhone were now connected. So when the iPhone is lost or vice versa, there is a feature in this thing called find my iPhone. There's a feature on this device that says find my iPhone. Even the name of the feature itself is not called find my Samsung. I don't care how much I try. 
You see, the iPhone got saved and it came to Jesus. The Samsung is in the world and unsaved. Hallelujah. So the Samsung is in the world and it will never be able to sync to this iPad. The operating system is different. The DNA is different. Hallelujah. But these two, since they got synced and it gave us life to Jesus, the DNA is the same and they are synced. But I want to tell you about a feature called Find My iPhone that won't work on Samsung. I'm sorry, Sister Joe. It won't work, hallelujah, on the Samsung. But there's a feature here, Steve, that says Find My iPhone. So if that iPhone is lost, hallelujah. When I press this, it says in here, it's got a list of devices here. And I say, well, which one is lost? And I say, Melanie's iPhone. And I say, okay, let's see what we can do. Where are you, Melanie's iPhone? I press and I say, well, play a sound. Oh, baby, baby, baby. What have you done? Updating. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. See, sometimes you've gone so far from God that it takes time to be updated. Hallelujah. You need to go back to basics. You need to get back to John 3.16 and say, for God so loved the world. You need to get back to some basics and update. Oh, Lord. Anyway. Hallelujah. We need some updating of the firmware. But when you press on the iPad, say, find my iPhone. Hallelujah. It's supposed to beep. Hallelujah. But sometimes that signal takes some time. Hallelujah. Because it needs some updating. I come to share with you, brothers and sisters, that when, when the father was at home, he went on his iPad and he said, find my son. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that this Holy Spirit began to work on the son and the bible said the son came to his senses come to share with you uh, under this anybody under the sound of my voice uh, I don't know how far you think you've gone uh, I don't know whether your firmware needs updating uh, I don't know whether the signals taking some time to get to you uh, and you find yourself feeding the swine uh, I don't know how far you've gone from your father uh, but the bible says uh, I come to let you know uh, that God the moment you left uh, his presence he pressed the button said find my son find my daughter and so the Holy Ghost begins to hover upon your heart that feeling that you have to come back to God that's God's find my son find my daughter the Bible says 
the son came to his senses. Hallelujah. God sent a homing signal. I come to share with you that you are here today at this appointed time because God has sent out a signal through his spirit to bring you back to him because no man, no woman comes to God unless God calls them. Hallelujah. That feeling that you have in your heart, that is God calling you back to him. He came to his senses and he got his plans together. He says, well, how am I going to pull this off? How am I going to make it right? And I'll say, well, I will say to my father, make me as one of your servants. So now we move, hallelujah, from the, from the uh, entitlement to position. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he came back to his father. He came back to his senses. And the Bible says that when he was yet afar off, the father had already been looking for him. Why was the father looking for him? Because he had already pressed that button to say find my son he had already sent out the homing signal to bring the son back the bible says that he saw him afar off you need to understand i don't care how far you are i don't care where you've gone i don't care how dark the place you are is the bible says the father is looking out for you He's looking out for you. The Bible says he saw him afar off. Hallelujah. He had already been looking for him. I can picture the father every day. That's the thing that consumed the father. And he would pace and look out. He would pace and look out. And the sun would rise and he would pace and look out. It would be afternoon. He would pace and look out. It would be evening. He would go back to bed and said, I'll get some rest. But come the morning he'll be up again pacing and looking out pacing and looking out Jesus is looking for you no matter where you are Jesus is looking for you and so he came to the father he reached to the father with his spirit of entitlement Hallelujah. At this time, the spirit of entitlement had worn off on him. He was no longer operating under that spirit of entitlement. So in his own mind, he says, well, how am I going to operate again? How am I going to come back to God again and find my place? He says, I know, hallelujah, I will become of service to my father. And so he figured it out. And he met his father. The Bible says the father ran out to him. Oh, I come to let you know the Bible says that if you would draw closer to God, he will draw closer to you. Oh, you thought you were the one who was looking for God? Uh-uh. God is the one who has been looking for you all your life. God is the one who's been searching for you. By his spirit, he's been keeping you and convicting you and reassuring you he said he came to him and he kissed him and sometimes when we come to God or we come back to God 
We are living in the past. We are bound by the past sins. We are bound by past situations. We are bound by things that we had grown, gone through that really hurt us. That really affected us. Sometimes we can't even have a good relationship with God because the last time we had a relationship, we were in a relationship, it hurt, we, we, it ended up hurting us real bad. And so even our very ability to have good relationships has been affected. We come with all kinds of garbage to God and we come with all kinds of burdens. But the Bible says, cast your burdens unto me. I don't know what burden is stopping you from coming to God this afternoon. But the Bible says that this young son came with some burdens. See, he was burdened by his disobedience. He was burdened by the fact that he had now wasted his inheritance with harlots. He was burdened by the fact that he had simply messed up. I wish I had somebody here who has ever messed up. Oh, I'm preaching to myself. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish I had somebody who knew what it means to mess up. And really miss God in your life. And really hurt people. Hurt family. Hurt friends. Hurt associates. Hurt business associates. Hurt hurt people who were counting on you. He had messed up. The Bible says he came to the father and he says, father, and he began, he took out his diary to the father. Sometimes we bring out our diary to God. Sometimes we say, God, look at these heavy burdens that I'm carrying. He says to the father, father, I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. Hallelujah. He took out the list of things he was carrying. He says, God, I am a sinner. Hallelujah. I am a fornicator and an adulterer because I went out there and I wasted the inheritance on harlots. I went out there and I lived a riotous life. Father, if there's any sin that you can name, I've been there, done that. Father, I've been in some broken relationships. I promised some women to marry them and I broke their heart. I lived a riotous life. But the Bible says, That the father didn't even listen to him. Listen to the response of the father. When the son brought his burdens. And the things that so easily beset him. He said father. I have sinned. And the father's response was not even to him. The father said, servants. Oh, I wish somebody was getting this today. I wish I was helping somebody who felt your past is really too big for God. Somebody said, well, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how many times I've let God down. 
He said, father of sin. And the father said, servants. He said, father, I wasted my inheritance. And the father said, get the fatted calf. He said, father, I forgot the laws you taught me about our God. And how we ought to reverence our God and live in righteousness. And the father said, bring the robe. Father, I sinned even on the way to church. And the slippers, bring the slippers. Even when I was in church, Father, I was looking at the sisters a bit funny. Bring the ring. Oh, can I preach it like it is? Maybe you want a sugar-coated message. But this is the wrong preacher for sugar-coated messages. Hallelujah. See, while the son was reeling off his list and living in the bondage of his past and living in the bondage of his shortcomings, the father was thinking about his position. The relationship that the son had with the father was that of entitlement. But the father's relation to the son was that of position. For the Bible says you have now been redeemed, hallelujah, from the curse of sin. And he has put you to sit with him in heavenly places. It's the position that God is interested in. God is not interested necessarily in what you think you're entitled to. He says your position. And so that robe, he brought a robe and said, son, hallelujah, my, my robe, my blood is able to cover a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. Because of your position, you are entitled, hallelujah, for your sins to be forgiven. And so he covers him with the robe and says, son, understand it's about your position in me. Hallelujah. Your position is that you are my son. Hallelujah. And I'm able to cover your every sin. Hallelujah. With my righteousness. I'm able to cover your every burden in my righteousness. I'm every able to cover anything that so easily besets you in my righteousness so he covers him and he restores him and gets him to understand that son it's not about what you do it's about who you are and the bible says he then calls for the ring and he says bring the ring that ring is a symbol of authority your position comes with authority your position in god comes with authority he said well put a ring on his finger not the beyonce kind of ring hallelujah 
Hallelujah. But it says, bring the ring of authority. Put it on his finger. That every time you forget who you are, look at the ring and it will remind you that as my son, as my flesh and blood, your position comes with authority. He puts a ring on him and says, well, Dan, I don't think I deserve this. I don't know what to do with this. And it says, servant, bring me the shoes. Bring me the sandals. And it says, son, don't worry. If you stick close to me, I will guide you. If you stick close to me, I will walk with you. If you stick close to me, I will give you understanding. If you stick close to me I will help you to understand your position hallelujah God is interested in you because of who you know you are not what you are not what you do not how you do it God's first point of call is are you my son are you my daughter position Let's bring this thing home. So the Bible says they begin to make merry. Hallelujah. They begin to celebrate. Hallelujah. And they begin to have a whole celebration. Because the Bible says when one sinner comes back to God. Heaven rejoices brothers and sisters. Heaven rejoices every time a sinner comes back to God. The Bible says that he loved us while we were yet sinners. God didn't love you when you were trying to please him. God didn't love you when you said to yourself, I want to know God. God loved you when you were walking in the opposite direction to him. He says, while we were yet without strength, Christ sent his son to die for us. Not when we were trying to do good. So how much more now that you're a child of God? How much more is he looking out for you and looking for you to come back to him? They begin to make merry. And the brother comes from the field. And I want to talk about the last aspect called service. <clears throat> Entitlement, position, and lastly, service. The son, the brother comes from the field and says, what is this? And as he calls the servant and the servant tells him, well, you know that harlot loving brother of yours? He's back. What? Yes. The same one who wasted my father's riches? The same one who took my father's entitlement for granted? The same one who played with the grace of God and thought he could do anything he wanted? Yes. Same one is back and there's a party for him. And the brother got confused. Because the revelation that the brother had was a revelation of service. 
What revelation do you have of Jesus today? See, the son got angry. He said, Father, all these years I have served you. All these years I obeyed your every commandment. All these years, Father, I lived a holy and righteous and upright life. But now this Johnny come lately. Just got saved this morning. Because his robe was still had the tags on it. The ring still had the guarantee. The shoes didn't even have dust on their soles. He was a brand new saved believer. Or in this case, brand new saved backslider. Oh, maybe I'm about to get in trouble here. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have some frustrated people in church. Because they're saying, God, I know what she's like. I know what he's like. We go to the same college. We go to the same job. We're in the same classes at uni. But look at him now. Look at her now. Just got saved. Coming up in here, raising holy hands and shouting like he has been saved a long time. I know your dirty little secrets. And he got angry. How many times do we look at some people coming to church uh, who have just come in and we look at them a bit funny. Like you don't deserve to be jumping up like that. I know your shortcomings. I know that you're a wine bibber. Hallelujah. And a friend of harlots. I know you. The brother was angry. Because he said the same one who wasted your inheritance with harlots. So in other words, all this time there was news coming back to home. When the younger brother was away. There was news coming back about what he was getting up to. In the world. There was news coming back uh, about how he had turned into such a sinner. There was news coming back. And the brother was angry. And he says, this guy who, I won't even call him my brother, is just a guy to me now. Hallelujah. This guy who wasted your inheritance. Has come back. And you throw a big party for him. And he says to his father, Father, how long have I been with you? Understand the revelation that is the different revelations of the father that these two brothers had. One knew what he was entitled to. He knew how to get stuff from God. He knew how to access the blessings and the entitlement from God. The other one was caught up in service. It's not that he was sinning. But he was so busy being a busybody, not with the things of the world, but with God's service in church. He was in church. He turned up for the service on time. 
Yeah, he was in the different departments. He volunteered. He was a steward at the door. And the next day, next week, he was on the cafe. Hallelujah. The next week, he was on the media team. Hallelujah. He was in service. He was involved. And he says, how many times, Father, have you ever said to me, here's a kid. Go and enjoy yourself, son. You have been of great service to me. Hallelujah. See, sometimes we're caught up in the spirit of service. But the father says, son, all that I have is yours. Anytime you wanted, all you, you needed to do was ask. But that's not the revelation that the son had. The brother didn't have that revelation. The revelation he has was, well, if you serve God well and you be involved, hallelujah, you're on the right track. That's why he was angry. He was angry. But the father came out, the Bible says. We can have the keys back. The father came out. And the Bible says he entreated him. The Bible says, come now. Let us reason together. He came out and he began to reason with the older brother. He says, son, you need to understand that all that I have is yours. But I want you to have the right revelation of who I am. And so the father begins to explain to him that, son, you need to understand who you are in me. You are my son. Your brother who was lost but now is found is my son. He said to him, son, understand who I am as a father. And so the father now begins to entreat the brother. And he begins to reveal himself to him. And he says, son, let me show you who I am. Let me get you to understand my DNA. The same DNA that is in me is the same DNA that is in you. And so the son looks at the father and he listens attentively. And the father says, the essence of who I am is love. For God so loved the world. He says, son, if you were to break me down to my very core, I am love personified. And the only way I could manifest my love was to send my only begotten son to die for your sins. And to bring you back to me. Why? Because of love. He said to him, son, listen to me. Even if I try to be angry with you. The Bible says my anger would not hide always, would not last always. He says, son, 
Even if I try to be angry with this, your brother who was lost, I can't because my very essence is love. If I try to separate you from me, if you went down and made your bed in hell, The Bible says I can't help it, son. I would have to come and rescue you from sin. Because my DNA does not allow me to do anything else but love. So what is the first commandment, father? He said, love thy God. With everything that you have. Because when you learn to love me with everything that you have, you will learn to discover my very essence that I too am love. He said, I can't help it. This thy brother was lost. But because of my love, I had to send out a signal to say, find my son. Because my very essence is love. This afternoon, as we come to a close, God is asking you and reminding you of your position in him. He's reminding you that it's not what you do. It's not the entitlements because the entitlements are yours. He says, any time you could have just asked me for a kid. He says, it's not about service because any time you need me, I am here. But what God is after now that you understand your position on him is relationship. See, even though the brother was in service and he served the son, he served his father diligently. He was in every service. He was in every ministry. He was doing things for God. He was living a righteous life. Even though he was in church, his heart was far from God. The Bible says that when his brother came back, he was in the field. He was in the field. So his heart was never close to his father. Today you could have been in church a long time. Or maybe you've just come to church. You've just come to God. But how close is your heart to the heart of the father? See, when your heart is like the heart of the father, you will desire to see the lost saved. If the older brother's heart was beating at the same rhythm as the father, he would be the first one to be excited when he heard that his younger brother was back home. But his heart was not beating at the same rhythm as the father. Was he saved? Yes, he was. Was he in church? Yes, he was. Was he doing everything that God asked him to do? Yes, he was. But his heart was not beating in the same rhythm 
has gone. You may have been saved a long time. But is your heart beating in the same rhythm as God? Does your heart break when you see people are lost? Does your heart rejoice when you see people come back to God? Does your heart ache when you feel powerless for people that are bound up in drugs and alcohol and broken relationships and lost children and stabbings on the street and all manner of things that are going on in your community? Does your heart Ache like the heart of the Father. Hallelujah. Father, give us a heart that beats at the same rhythm as you. I wish there was somebody who could just pray and ask God to say, God, give me a heart that beats at the same rhythm as you. Give me a heart like yours for this lost generation, Lord. Give me a heart that wants to return the children to the Father. He's entreated his son and says, Son, understand my DNA. I am a God of love. Why don't you just bow your heads with me at this time? And Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.